Hello, and welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth. I am a contributor for Gestalt IT, and I am joined here today by a great panel of industry experts to talk a little bit about a chosen premise. I'll let them introduce themselves before we get to the topic. Jasper. Hello, I'm Jasper Bongitz. I work for Airbus Cybersecurity. I write a blog post at blog.packetfoo.com, and my Twitter handle is at packetj. So, hello, my name is Max Mortillaro. Uh, I'm an analyst at Tech Unplugged, and I blog at www.camshin.com, and my Twitter handle is at darkavenger with two Ks. I'm Ariane Timmerman. I'm also an analyst at Tech Unplugged, um, and I blog at www.vdicloud.nl and my Twitter handle is at Arjan Tim. All right, gents, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, let's dive right in. So we've heard a lot over the course of the last few months uh, about automation and how we are trying to create data centers and networks that kind of uh, fix themselves and do things without operator input. Um, and it, it has excited a lot of people. It's also scared the living daylights out of some folks who realize, wait, I may not have a job tomorrow. So the premise is that automation is going to kill off engineering. And I want to get your thoughts on this. And Max, I want to start with you because you've, uh, you've had some things to say about this recently. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, look, looking at that point, I don't especially uh, agree with the fact that automation is going to uh, kill a lot of jobs. I think it's probably going more to displace uh, the activities that people are doing, or rather it's going to maybe force a large chunk of people doing administrative work and work to maybe train and reconsider what they're doing. So um, I, had, uh, I had written about that on the storage context maybe a couple years ago, and I was saying that maybe the, the, let's say the level of automation and the level of, let's say, simplification we're seeing in the storage world is really making some activities redundant, such as creating learns and so on. So I kind of have the same idea with other stacks, and I don't know if uh, Ariane here or, or uh, Jasper agrees on that. So, yeah, sure. I'm, I'll give my point of view on that. I do think a lot of jobs will be gone because of what you said already. Um, a lot will be automated. Um, not everything will be gone, although a lot of people will have to rethink of what they're doing within IT, and I think it's becoming more and more important to have people that understand both the business side of things and the IT side of things, and um, make that work together, um, and give it over to some administrators that will stay in the data center and um, automate, um, create scripts, and create um, infrastructure that is um, usable for the business and makes the business better. But I do think a lot of the administrators will be gone in an X amount of years. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I think what will happen is that um, we will see less and less of these people um, basically going to the command line and entering commands faster than I can do them probably. Um, I think people will need to learn how to code 
at least simple scripts. Um, because automation is not only something that you need because you get more and more and more things that you need to configure. I mean, the, the days where you just configure one switch or five or one storage or three are going to be over soon. So we have like hundreds or thousands of devices and without automation, you can probably not even get there in time anymore. So um, I think you will need to um, change or have people change to be more like somebody who writes scripts, which is also good for avoiding mistakes because um, I was doing database administration for a while and we used to use scripts because if you know that the script works, it will work the next time too and you can't make that many mistakes anymore. So let me pick up on that real quick because I, I want to have a quick discussion about the idea of people who write scripts or programs. Um, we, we've seen a lot of talk, not only around automation, but you know, as software-defined things have become more um, at the forefront of what's going on, we hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, you, know, you need to quit what you're doing. You need to go be a programmer. And when they talk about that, they're not talking about someone who writes bash scripts. They talk about someone who writes Java or Python or whatever the flavor of the month language is, because that's the only way that you're going to have a job in three years, because everything is going to be completely automated, and the only way you're going to ever interface with anything from here on out is through a Python shell. Do you feel that that's in line with this premise that, that basically the engineers that are getting displaced by automation are going to have to be programmers if they want to keep their jobs? I, I disagree to that. I disagree that, and I, I wanted to touch on this point because that was part of the argument we had today which uh, fueled this discussion. Uh, the argument that was put forth was that the engineer is going to disappear, and I disagree to the fact that the engineer is going to disappear because at the end of the day, sorry for the buzzword, you need to have someone who understands uh, what a solution is about. So you will still need to have qualified engineers who understand what is being built, what outcomes are expected out of that, and how it has to work, even if it needs to be automated. And you're going to have, like Aaron was saying, let's say some uh, lightweight admin somehow, which are just going to do trivial activities in there. You still need to have the qualified engineer or maybe even engineer slash architect who has the global vision and understand what's being built somehow. So it doesn't need to go especially into programming. I have the, special, uh, the perfect example for this. Um, since I'm using network analysis tools for 10, 15 years now, and a lot of the uh, commercial network analysis tools like Sniffer, they were written by programmers, not by network analysts. And you could see perfectly they were putting stuff in there where they thought as a programmer this could be helpful. And all the analysts are like, mm, no, not really. Uh, I don't care about that expert symptom that you just Build. Um, and I think that is really important what you said, like you need somebody who understands the underlying technology and then also have the additional skill to build scripts and coming back to Python. Um, I think Python is probably something that you will have to work with because it's quite simple to learn. Um, you can do a lot of things, not at a very high performance. But I don't think we will see people from the networking field go into like being Java or C programmers because that is a different thing, I think. Interesting. Ariane, any thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, so in the next couple of years, how would the data center and the, the, the team that runs the data center look like for you guys? So are there still the same kind of people there? Are there still those rather large teams that are 
managing the data center or will that shrink or will that, because I think it will, but I'm, I'm kind of curious how you see that thing happening because if you look at the data centers from the big guys, um, there's not tons of people that walk around there. So is that something that's going to happen to the enterprise data centers or is that something that will be completely different from that? Well, I think it's, uh, it, it really depends because you have uh, uh, shops or companies which are really keen on adopting new technologies and these guys are going to, let's say, uh, put some uh, fast pace on adopting automation and so there's going to be probably a reduction in personnel. So maybe less personnel but more skilled personnel working on, this, on these things. On the other hand, you are going to see a lot of larger enterprises, let's say more monolithic legacy shops uh, which mm -hmm. are still going to have this kind of siloed approach or this uh, very slow transformation into uh, a real, let's say, uh, software-defined data center or somehow, and you're still going to have there, let's say, the traditional set of uh, uh, operators which are, let's say, uh, low-skilled people doing repeatable activities, manual mm -hmm. activities and so on, so either running simple scripts or uh, doing things manually with the error this implies, you know. I have also seen, uh, when it comes to will we have less people, I'm not sure because um, it, it's quite possible um, that you lose some of the ones who are just good enough to do a show run command or something, mm -hmm. um, which would include me because that's about my skill level when it comes to that. <laughs> um, but um, I have a couple of customers where the IT staff is really there they have to do so many things and there are only a few guys. So when it comes to automation, I think they will probably stay at the same size, mm -hmm. but they will be able to do more in less time um, if they get the correct tools uh, in their hands. And from what I've seen so far, um, we will go to a place probably where you're not going to issue each and every single command to a device, but you will build it together in a more like a software solution where you say, okay, I want to go from here to there, do everything for me so that it works. And I think that is something that is really helpful to those teams that are really too small otherwise to handle these kind of things. So you see automation as a force multiplier for people who are swamped with work and need to get out from underneath the easy tasks. If they have the people who are willing to learn how to use these tools and maybe do the scripting, if they're just people who are close to going out of the job anyway because they're too old and they don't want to learn it anymore. <laughs> Maybe they're not. But, but there's also one thing, it's also how do you approach automation? Is, is it going to be like a, a larger initiative within the company or is it just a part of, uh, let's say, a certain division? So for example, networking guys may be looking at implementing automation, but other, uh, let's say, silos may not be looking at that. It might be even that those silos are not even there anymore exactly. if you're going to use the cloud buzzword again but if you're going to use other ways of doing IT it might be even that you don't you you don't even have to use certain people that you have in your workforce at the moment they, they they're just not useful anymore in your team there's also one thing I was thinking about and is what is the driver for automation is it coming from the engineers team because they want to improve their quality of life and work or is it coming from above because they want to let's say simplify things and at the end of the day maybe reduce headcount or stuff like that 
So that's, that also says, and maybe one thing as well, sometimes let's say uh, more senior and skilled engineers tend to get bored and leave companies as well. So that's, uh, it leaves maybe the company with less competent people. So could be. So the last question I want to bring up here around the, the topic of automation is, you know, because obviously we've, we've gotten rid of all these people, but what happens when it breaks? And specifically, are you, as a panel of experts, worried that automation is going to be the next lock-in vector for people? Because we, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, obviously, if you are a single source vendor for whatever you're using servers or, or networking gear, you run the risk of having someone's solution dropped on you that suddenly you can't get out of. Do you feel that automation is, is something that could cause that? Because, I mean, let's face it, if everything is running like a finely tuned engine, um, that's great until something doesn't run. And then are you going to have to call for support? Are you going to have to troll internet forums? You know, what do you guys, do you guys see lock-in being a problem? I think um, the question comes, for me, it comes down to what is the automation tool that is being used? So if you're automating something with Python or with Bash script or something, um, I think the only problem that you have if somebody or if everybody leaves the company who could do that um, is to find somebody else who has the same skill to reread the source code. You, of course, need to have it. Um, I think we have seen problems in the past when like a compiled program still existed and nobody had the source code anymore. Then you're in deep trouble. But uh, if, you, if you do it in an open way with languages that can be understood by other people, not just the one to, who left, it's probably something that you could recover from. I think it could be a problem, though. I, I, I've heard of um, companies where someone wrote something um, in Python, by the way, but it wasn't accessible. And the guy went, and nobody could access it anymore. So the only way to get around that was to rewrite a complete new application to do that kind of stuff. So um, it could be a rather interesting time for um, that kind of stuff. So if you really have a lock-in, um, and I think we're at Cisco Live at the moment, and if you see what Cisco is building, um, but it's not only Cisco, it's, it's VMware, it's, it's, it's all of them. Um, you could potentially have a have a, a lock-in in the automation side as well, and but I think it comes down at the end to uh, evaluating the solutions which exist. Whether you want to go open source or you want to go for a commercial solution, there are organizations which like to have a vendor uh, which is established in the industry because they want to have a fee, uh, someone they can blame. There's someone who want to go open source because they want to have something which is tweakable. But when you go open source, it doesn't mean that there's no lock-in. You have the, the you have the Locking of having people who are knowledgeable in, in that. So you need to work with people who understand the, the open source stack to be able to do something. So it's a way form of locking as well. That's very interesting. I think uh, someone tweeted out uh, recently that uh, if you uh, think that you're going to get rid of lock-in when you throw out your vendors, um, you'll find that you're locked to yourself and there's nobody to call when things fall apart. Yep. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we've we've kind of debated this premise pretty well. I, I think the general consensus of the panel is is that automation may cost you jobs. It may make you better at your job. It may make you better at a different job. Um, don't don't count your chickens just yet. You are not going to be replaced by a shell script, at least in the near future. 
Um, I want to thank our panelists today for being a part of uh, this discussion. Um, make sure you check out their blogs and Twitter handles to find a little bit more about what they've been writing about. Um, if you're interested in more episodes of this podcast, please head over to our website at gestaltit.com slash podcast where you always find the most recent episode. Don't forget to uh, like Gestalt IT on YouTube. Um, give us a like on Facebook if you like what we're doing there. Um, share these podcasts with your friends and subscribe to us. And I promise you, you'll get some more great content headed your way before you know it. But for now, Tom Hollingsworth is signing off with the panel. And remember, keep things on premise.